positively insane. A right quick tumble in the jungle. Welcome to Rio Sports World Cup Soccer in Brazil. From the United States, Eric Florence and Taylor Granville. From Spain, Jose Godoy and Ludi Lobo. And from Mexico, Daniel Hernandez. I'm your host, Neville. Gone, España. Gone, England. Gone, Australia. Where is Cameroon? Gone! Positively insane. That is why we play the game. In the field, not on the couch. Who is your pick for this year's World Cup? Brazil played home, so this is a plus. Colombia? Yeah, that's, that's my pick, Colombia. Yeah. Uh, even though they... they, they and don't. also Mexico... Well, this, maybe it's not the, the best team, but they are playing... Or and also the, I think the spirit now in Mexico team is like okay we can do it and we are yeah and the way to win but I don't know but uh, we can forget Germany no, because they are really strong yeah. or uh, Italy because Italy is always there yeah. and also they are lucky yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and France yeah they're yeah. strong too but I would I would go for uh, Colombia. I have watched both games they have played, and they they have been great. They sometimes remind me of Spain, the way they they the combinations, the the that spark you mentioned before. They have very good players, young players, and maybe that's the downside that they don't have that experience in uh, international uh, level. But I would I would say Colombia is my favorite team so far. And, and you between Brazil and uh, no, no, Mexico? I no, no I think um, I think Germany, Germany. I think so I you think Germany, Germany over Brazil? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Germany Brazil. Yeah, Brazil plays home, but Brazil is not really hard in mm -hmm. um, in, if, uh, in the um, offense. I think yeah. This yeah they, they have a good defense. So this is what everybody's saying. Yeah. They have a good defense, but then they didn't they don't finish the yeah the they're not that they're not team that used to be um yeah like with scary i mean everyone was afraid of playing versus Brazil. they had both stars they were famous worldwide because they they were the best players in their teams nowadays they have neymar but neymar, neymar was depending on the day yeah depending <laughs> on this day he's not a very very consistent player i think um and then they have, as midfielders, they don't have that creation they used to have in Brazil, like very, very imaginative and, and decisive players. Now they have, I would say, like, I would say like 
warriors. Uh, like they run a lot, they press. The, the pressure is very, very high intense. But they don't have those very, very good players. Only maybe Oscar that is good for he plays for Chelsea. But the, apart from that, I don't see any. Uh, they don't have those difference makers mm-hmm. in the midfield. In defense, they're pretty good. I think they have very good defense and a goal, a very good um, goalkeeper. But it's not a complete team as maybe Germany or other teams. Well, seen some Mexican. Um, I'm going for Mexico, but I'm not sure. Maybe Germany is gonna win it all, so I, maybe Germany is gonna be the champion. You don't think Brazil got a chance? Yeah, I think they got a chance. They're playing at home, but I don't know. I don't like Brazil, so <laughs> I just pick <laughs> Germany instead. <laughs> I think Germany is gonna win it because first of all, they have pretty good players, and they're tall and strong, so that's an advantage for any team. Uh, th- I think they got a good attack and good defense, so I think they're gonna just go and attack everyone like crazy <laughs> until they score something or they make something happen. I think the strongest looking team would be Holland right now. Holland, yeah. Okay. I, I prefer Germany, mm-hmm. but my sleeper team, the Sleeping Beauty, mm-hmm. is Costa Rica. I think. Ah. I think they've just been looking sharp the recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Central and South America are having a strong bid this year. Ah. Uh, naturally, as a patriot, uh, my pull my pull is for the United States. Mm. Um, I know they're young and uh, they're kind of in the developmental stages of the program, and the United States in general is still, you know, really trying to transition into football and soccer as a sport, and at least a, a sport that people are interested in, but. Um, I have to pull for them. I like what they did in their initial match for Ghana, and the way the rest of the group is looking. I feel like we there is a possibility we could we could make it through the next round. But with that being said, uh, my pick, who I think really has the potential to win the whole thing, would be Germany. And I know we're in the same group, but uh, Germany as a team, they're just so powerful. They're young. They're they're tactical. And I just love their style of play, and they're really fun to watch. So I could see them going going the distance and taking taking the World Cup. So who is your pick? We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. On the journey with me surveying the World Cup for Ryo Sports are five of our superheroes being offered the opportunity to add to his and her superpowers. What superpower would you select if you got the chance? Remember, you are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Let's get to know a little more about two of our superheroes. First, Eric Florence. Just to kind of give you a background of my journey to this point, um, I 
am originally from Southern California. Uh, my family still lives there, predominantly in the San Diego County, San Diego City uh, metroplex. And we lived there for the longest time. My parents uh, are originally from there. So when we were born, me, myself, my siblings, we resided there. And actually, my brothers initially were in the show business. Um, they did several commercials and TV movies. And so we did that for a while. But as we got older, my parents decided to transition us to a Midwest community where we'd get um, some different values and have some different uh, abilities to do extracurricular activities and get more involved with the community. So we made the transition from Southern California to Omaha, Nebraska. And in reality, we actually moved outside of Omaha, Nebraska to a place called Papillion, um, a really small community, a very big transition from Southern California to to Papillion, but it was a great move for us because we had the options that my parents had discussed to get involved and in not only with sports but with the different um, community activities that everybody does um, which is just your normal small town uh, parades and bands and eateries and little carnivals but it's just a different mindset and a different type of people so um, it was there actually that I got involved playing soccer and that became a, a huge portion of my life and where I met some great friends and um, I started playing select soccer and I just continued to pursue that, that, that ambition and um, that activity because it was something I truly enjoyed. And in doing so, it actually granted me the opportunity then to go to um, Chicago, Illinois, um, more specifically Dominican University on a, a soccer scholarship which, once again, the transition from a small town in Nebraska to Chicago was something pretty substantial. But uh, at that point in my life, it was really good for me because the the people, the diversity, um, the opportunities, and the entertainment really gave me a different perspective on life. And as I was in my early 20s, um, that helped shape me and, and guide me and kind of push me in a, a new direction. So from playing soccer there and, and doing my studies, um, I actually decided to transition into the Air Force and it was there that um, I got some additional training and once again was a whole new environment from what I was used to historically, but it gave me another new perspective because you have people from all different types of lives, all different uh, countries even, states, cities, communities, municipalities, but um, you meet all these different people and you get to, to hear their their backgrounds and their interests and it kind of gives you another, um, it gives you more, more things to consider and think about, but um, enjoying the Air Force, that's how I actually got relocated to the Texas area and I was stationed at Shepard Air Force Base for four years in northern Texas and upon separating, um, decided to move down to the Dallas uh, Metroplex just to take on another journey and and uh, explore a new city since it's a, a new step in my life. Cool, cool, cool. Now, now your, your, your younger brothers you've mentioned were identical triplets. Correct. How does it feel having three brothers all of a sudden? Was that an exciting thing or a bothersome thing? What is, what is it like growing up? When I was little, I loved it. Right. Um, it was super exciting for me to have my brothers 
and uh, actually one of my aunts, my mom's sister, um, she moved out to California and functioned as our nanny. So my mom and my aunt actually raised us together uh, in terms of all of us kids because it was difficult for my mom as an individual woman to handle five children running around at various ages and taking care of three newborns. So um, when I was little, uh, I loved loved having my brothers there and um it was always made things super lively and it, the, one of the greatest things was anytime we'd go places the attention that they they would draw mm-hmm. always just made me super excited because we'd go out and if i was trying to get anything accomplished or i was trying to do something mm-hmm. my parents would just instruct me like oh put your brothers out there and then people come to you so that was always the <laughs> trick so we used them as bait um, <laughs> But no, it, it was it was great, um, especially having three three brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sports, um, kind of that competitive spirit, mm-hmm. and uh, always having a, a a solid group of friends because um, they were my friends more than mm-hmm. just family. But having that ability to share new experiences and mm-hmm. and grow together was was something great, and we really did grow a lot um, as brothers. So. Now that you, of course, are much older, uh, is that is the spirit the same? Is it different? Well, I, I, I'm making the assumption from the outside that if you have three brothers or triplets, they have a special bond that is different from a brother who is not. Is that true or not true? In in some instances, it's true because they do have an innate attraction to each other Mm. and when you're one of three and you're always grouped Mm -hmm. as a group not as individuals a lot of time by out outside people or Mm. uh, outside individuals you grow and you kind of have you you take on that life Mm. but one of the greatest things was we're four and a half years apart so I was kind of always the the older brother but the idol in their eyes so they were kind of always chasing me and trying to get involved like most people do with their siblings they wanted to be a part of my life because I was the older brother and Mm -hmm. they were following me so I think um, there was a stage when they were younger where that age disparity did kind of interfere with our relationship because we things that I was actively doing and things that I wanted them to be able to do with me they quite they weren't quite there yet Mm -hmm. but as we've gotten older our relationship has just flourished and we all kind of have just become one unit and Mm -hmm. I've become essentially part of their unit because Mm -hmm. they are the the epicenter of it Mm -hmm. and uh, but the bond has been been phenomenal and as we got older it's just even grown okay wonderful Taylor, you're the traveling man. Tell us about yourself. Well, I grew up as well in Midwest in Mm -hmm. Omaha. Mm -hmm. And during the early 90s, soccer wasn't the cool sport to play. (laughs) So I grew up playing basketball, baseball, and doing martial arts. Mm -hmm. What changed my mind after a while was during college, Mm -hmm. I'd always go live in Pennsylvania and work at a camp. Mm -hmm. And most of the other people that worked there Mm -hmm. were from England, Scotland, Ireland mm-hmm. and their culture is soccer so they'd come over and during downtime we'd always play games or mm-hmm. juggle the football around mm-hmm. and it piqued my interest mm-hmm. so kept doing school mm-hmm. after five years I got kind of tired of it mm-hmm. and decided time for a change mm-hmm. and I'm a big history person so <clears throat> excuse me I decided let's go to Cusco Peru mm-hmm. 
It's one of the most ancient cities in South America, mm -hmm. central of the Incan civilization, mm -hmm. and it's all about that. Mm -hmm. Love speaking Spanish. The women down there are beautiful, so I decided to go down there and teach English. Okay. Cusco is the closest city to Machu Picchu, oh, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. Absolutely. And I lived, my apartment was literally throwing a baseball distance from uh, Iglesia Santa Domingo, ah. which is a super old church from mm. 1490s. Mm. And it was great walking to work every day on a street that's thousands of years old mm. and just seeing the architecture and... It's an amazing culture down there. You were teaching English there? Yeah, it was, it was for an institute down there. Mm -hmm. uh, in most all of South America, mm -hmm. for university students, you have to know two different languages mm -hmm. for two years. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking it through the university, they'd mm -hmm. come to our institute because mm -hmm. they would, uh, were able to do it quicker. Mm -hmm. And there's an immersion program. Mm -hmm. They're with native speakers. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. most of them were university students or like tour guides. Ah. Did you enjoy it? Loved it. Lots of fun. Cool, cool. We'll be right back. You are on the journey with Riosports.com. Check us out at Riosports.com. That is R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. When you get there, pick up a copy of The Hunks I Dreamed, available to you in audio and digital formats, also from audible.com, amazon.com, iTunes, Kindle, Nook, The Hunks I Dreamed, by Neville D'Angelo. Pick up a copy. Let's meet Daniel Hernandez, originally from El Paso, Texas. Daniel, tell us how national teams are picked and grouped for World Cup play. Well, first of all, there's 32 teams, right? So they're divided into eight groups. Out of those eight groups, like every group has four teams in it, mm -hmm. and the top two seeds go to the next round, which is round of 16. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to qualify to the next round, you got to be the top two, which is like by winning, whenever you win, you get three points. Mm -hmm. If you tie, you get one point. And if you lose, you don't get any points. You get zero points. Mm -hmm. And by the end, you gotta play three games. Mm -hmm. So at the end, when like if there's two teams with the same points, mm -hmm. they go by the goals against or goals in favor, mm -hmm. the difference in goals. Mm -hmm. So whoever has plus difference is the one that is go to the next round. And what happens then? Well, you go into the round of 16, right? Mm. But then it's like single el elimination game. Mm. You got to win that game. You play, well, two, two ha half time, which are there 45 minutes in every in it. And then you, if you're tired after that, you go to 15 minutes. Mm. And you play those 15 minutes two times 15 minutes and if you if you're still tied you go into penalty kicks mm -hmm. and you get you get to choose five penalties mm -hmm. and whoever scores more is the one that goes to the to next, the next round. round there's six 
confederations or regions that you can call. Mm. Uh, first of all, is North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Oceania. Mm. So uh, they rank by numbers from first, second, third in every single continent. Mm. So like n the first in North America, like first and second, they cannot be in the same group, right? right. So they go into s different groups. Mm. So they they gotta mix it up. Mm -hmm. uh, every single continent there makes like one number one from North America and then from Africa number four mm -hmm. and then from Europe the second one and Asia the third one mm -hmm. so in that way everything is yes. mm -hmm. yeah like everything is is not like okay only the good teams are in one group and the mm -hmm. bad teams in, well if you can call them bad right <laughs> 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 but Okay, like everything gotta be equal, and everyone has ha, ha, gotta have the same possibility to right. win it all. Well, Jose and Ludi, you guys are from Spain, the big kahunas <laughs> in soccer. How do you feel about the World Cup? Mm, World Cup, so right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, um, we expected to be very happy and busy mm -hmm. for this World Cup, just watching, watching all the games, <laughs> and just uh, excited about every next Spain game, mm -hmm. and now we are disappointed. disappointed. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, been, it's been cruel, and it's been like sad to see how those great players, that great team, uh, that's supposed to be the best national team ever, mm -hmm. according mm -hmm. to some experts, mm -hmm. uh, now it's has Decayed has yeah. I don't know yeah so yeah. Is, 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 go ahead yes. no, no, my mom and before the game the first game mm -hmm. against uh, Holland uh, my mom told me um, well uh, yeah I told her we are ready for the game yeah but they are not gonna go in forever <laughs> yeah. I know mom but okay and then say after the game was like oh no my mom was right <laughs> and it was like yeah we know we knew that they're gonna yeah lose someday but not like not that this and not this way and because they yeah washed up this woof was horrible because like five two because the first half in the game was okay the yeah this child this fine yeah, child they, mm. but i think they they look like um Tire and like the yeah the star of the uh, as spite I don't yeah. know I don't know I mean yeah watching the first game the first twenty minutes mm -hmm. we said okay here we are here we go yeah. playing again they were passing the ball they were playing fast actually yeah. they had a couple of chances they scored so everything was going smooth mm -hmm. but then they started to I was telling that um telling you that, mm -hmm. that um, they looked like tired, yeah. they weren't running that, oh, keeping up the Fresh. pressure, um, oh, they couldn't like make two or three consecutive passes after, after the 30 minute, the minute 30, mm -hmm. so the Netherlands started to play and just take over, take control of the play, um, so yeah, yeah, I was like, and the second, the second half was, I mean, Disappointed. And they remind me of our students, our kiddos, because we uh, coach uh, as our mm -hmm. soccer uh, um, team in our mm -hmm. school. 
And the first game, they yeah they were playing yeah kind of good okay. yeah okay. But then uh, the other team scored, and they yeah they were like yeah, they fell down. They, 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 yeah yeah they fell down. And this is what I saw in the game. They I think the the players fell down after the second game, uh, second goal. Sorry. You're like, okay, what are you doing? You're not kiddos, you're players, you're professional players. Run, <laughs> run, and kick the ball, hit the ball, try to score. What are you doing? It's like, no, this is not a Spain. No. And it's like, okay, and now it's everybody like, is like yeah, laughing at us. It's because like, in, yeah. Yeah, Mexican people are like, oh, what's going on? What happened with Spain? And like, <laughs> please be quiet. <laughs> now, do you think it was exhaustion or the spark was gone or uh, the magic or did they come away from the program? The, the, what uh, do you think? How do you see it? could it? be different factors that, of course, now some of those players are older. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a point. Then they have been playing at high level for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like for the last five years, they've been winning mm -hmm. almost yeah, every competition apart mm -hmm. from the uh, Confederation Cup mm -hmm. in, that was played in Brazil last year. Mm -hmm. And they, but they made it to the final. Mm -hmm. That it was, I mean, what was expected from Spain, that like being in the last round. Mm -hmm. Then I don't know, I don't know. Some players like that were key players the last time, like Villa or Fernando Torres or they in their Casillas, the, goal, the goalie, the goalkeeper, mm -hmm. in their clubs they haven't like been playing like regularly, mm -hmm. so they are not used That's to the high level competition. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it does count. Yeah, and also the, I think the pressure mm -hmm. on them, mm -hmm. because like, yeah, we have been winning everything mm -hmm. for six years and I think yeah they wanted to win <laughs> obviously but uh, I think yeah the pressure and mentally I think they were maybe tired or I think the pressure yeah yeah they were the, the team yeah, to beat, beat, beat so all the other teams were gonna play 120% against Spain so that's Chile was very very intense they yeah. clogged the middle, mm -hmm. the center, so they couldn't play. Spain couldn't play. Iniesta was covered all the time, one by one. Um, every time he got, he got the ball, he had like four players Just around around him. him, so he couldn't like distribute or he couldn't um, make everyone else play. Uh, I don't know. Um, could be many different things, but those are the ones I think are the most important. What made them a great team while they were great? I think the the team because right. they were a team. Right. Because they played together from, I don't know, many years ago. Because they won many uh, um, championships, and when they were younger, when they yeah, were in the the under, yeah, any under so fifteen, under, under 15, fifteen, under seventeen, 17. they won everything. Mm -hmm. And I think they they created like a uh, a real group, a family. They know, they knew each other. Mm -hmm. They knew how to play with each other, and also they played in the same club. Yeah, well, most of them, them, especially I would say the the midfielders. Yeah, like midfielders. they in they were style. in the in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. So Barcelona was dominating Europe, not only Spain but Europe. They won like two Champions Leagues and the Spanish League for 
five or six years in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. So the the midfielders, Spanish midfielders, were Barcelona yeah. midfielders. So, so they have been yeah. playing together for many years in the same club. So that the coach didn't have to change or pick one player from the team, another player for the yeah. team, and, and and make something new. Mm-hmm. They know what we're doing, and they yes, yeah. and of course the national team includes the best players. So they just putting, need to yeah. Yeah, apply or to include everything they know they they were doing and despite. What about the coach? Should he have made different choices for the World Cup team, or was he obliged to wait until the whole team broke to begin again? I don't think, I mean, results were playing for the coach. I mean, mm-hmm. the coach had those results and they said that he was right, keeping the team together and mm-hmm. the same block. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you need something like that just to realize that, okay, yeah. this cycle is has over been, yeah. and now we need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, this coach has been keeping the same block even though there have been some players that could have been playing mm-hmm. but he just kept the same keepers even though Casilla has had a horrible year he yeah. last the, the end of the last season last year he didn't play and this season he has played like maybe 20 games in the whole season so he wasn't he shouldn't have been the the main the main goalie or the right. You would have picked somebody else, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There were like... Also, Valdez from Barcelona, he was injured. Right. And that was a... I mean, I was, I'm was. i sure he would have been the mm-hmm. the main goalie. But it's not Casillas fault that Spain's out. But it's, it's a clear example of what happened yeah. to Spain. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. in defense, Puyol was one of the best, mm-hmm. you know, defenders ever. He was... He retired, mm-hmm. so... That's another big loss. Um, PK was in his best shape. Um, we have a new, two new guys on the flanks, mm-hmm. defense. So I don't know. The defense was wasn't the best, mm-hmm. but. So yeah. why did you go in still expect them, expecting them to dominate, with knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. which you knew before. I don't know, the spirit or the Spanish spirit were like, okay, we can, we can do it. Maybe not to win the the the, uh, the championship, but maybe, yeah, to go, yeah, further. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, the semi-final yeah, yeah. semi or quarter-final, something yeah. else, but, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you are winning, when you are the champion, everything looks like it's you're yours. just running smoothly mm-hmm. so even though you it looks like you're going to be losing then you have some lucky strike and you make a goal in the last minute and then you yeah. you fix everything so i don't know um also for the other teams i guess could find like maybe germany that's very strong mm-hmm. the netherlands okay but then that's it so pretty much i would say okay spain can be Okay, in the first round, then in the, um, I think it's the eighth. So it is sixteen. On the sixteenth round, they can be. Um, if they're first, they're gonna avoid Brazil. Mm. So if they avoid Brazil, they're gonna go on. Mm. So maybe for the quarterfinals, they could find a very very um, competitive team to play against, and that could be trouble. But. It didn't get anywhere. No, no, no. It didn't work like that.
What is the soccer appeal? For, for me, the appeal of soccer um, that I see, especially for a novice or somebody just getting introduced to the sport, is just the energy that's involved with the game. And not just for the players, but I think for the spectators and the community mm-hmm. as they get more and more interested and they figure out the, the actual way the game is played, there's a, a draw unlike any other sport, especially in, in the United States, but on a global scale, I believe that there is just an appeal that people get so committed and you become a part of this fandom, this this just group of people that really draws an appeal and uh, creates a, an environment that's so inviting and so invigorating that you feel as though you have to be a part of it. So as a spectator, I think that's one of the one of the things that as if I was introducing a friend or somebody new to the sport, I would take them out and show them the energy that comes comes along with the sport itself. But as a as somebody that has played this sport, I think the greatest appeal is, is the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the physicality, which I think is sometimes lost with people that aren't familiar with the sport. But there is actually a, a very very difficult physical component, not only for endurance, but in terms of vying for position or fighting, but also the the tactics that go hand in hand with the the mentality of the game and the position of the game, Um, knowing your angles, knowing the positions, and being able to really focus and and function as as a unit um, in the space that's provided. Uh, makes it just super interesting and there's never a dull moment. It's not broken up. It's not stopped um, There's no time out. So it's just a constant game that continues which is one of the greatest things about it So what makes for a good soccer team? What are the qualities of a team that will be a championship team in your mind? From the times that I've played and for the different teams that I've been on the one major component um, was the selflessness of the unit and the understanding of your teammates. Um, there's often a certain level of play that if you can achieve it through practice and through camaraderie, you start to move and feel your other the other players in the field that are surrounding you. So you create kind of this um, symbiotic relationship where you're filling in space and you understand exactly the move or the the mental component of your teammate. So once you get to that level where you are on that, that ultimate understanding of each other, I think that's when teams transition. I think sometimes when you have great talent, it can disrupt that because it's often focused at that one position and they don't necessarily get involved or commit to that team mentality. But I think that's what separates people in terms of and teams in terms of greatness and versus just a standard competitive unit is that ability to function as a group and un- the understanding on that higher level of each other and where you'll be moving and how you'll get there. And that just comes from play um, and it comes from commitment to each other. And I think that's one of the biggest things for, for me that I've seen that makes a great team.
Okay, today each of our superheroes gets to add a new superpower to his or her arsenal. What do you think they would pick? What would you pick if you had the chance? Eric? My superpower would be the ability to manipulate matter. Oh, why? Because then I can change any environment, anything, into whatever I want at any point in time. And to include myself, oh. that I could teleport, essentially. Oh, so you try to do two things at once. <laughs> you teleport. Cheating. Matters matter. If I can manipulate it all, I can just, I, I would own. So you'd be Dr. Manhattan. I would be the Silver Surfer, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. More powerful than Dr. Manhattan, which may raise some contention with the viewership. But <laughs> <laughs> that's good, that's good. What about you, Taylor? What would be your superpower? I'd probably go telekinesis, be able to move objects. Oh. Well, why would you do that? Why would you want? And make everything so much easier. I could cook from my couch. Huh? I could play basketball without touching the basketball. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? <laughs> I think the ability to heal very rapidly would be a good one too. Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But you only get to choose one, so which one do you choose? Unless, of course, you can manipulate matter, and then you can just heal yourself by cleaning <laughs> yourself. I'll go with the telekinesis. Daniel? Okay, I'll be, like, invisible, so I can go and see many things or do many things, and nobody will notice. So <laughs> that's a good superpower. That's, like, the best superpower ever. <laughs> You're going to be the invisible man. Yeah. Okay, cool. Jose? Yeah, my f- superpower would be... Um, the ability to fly. Um, I think I have dreamt of that, of that like thousand times, thousands and thousands of times since I was a child. I don't know why. It may have a meaning, but I don't know what it is. That and then you could avoid traffic jams. You could go wherever you wanted to go, whenever. Mm-hmm. So it's something that would help. Mm-hmm. Now you say you dream about flying when you say you, you're just flying you're just where like, are you usually No, just flying. Uh, sometimes running away from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> other <laughs> times just trying to yeah, I was like trying to concentrate real hard and thinking I can fly, I can fly, I can fly so slowly I could yeah. feel myself like taking off yes. and going up, 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 up so I, could, I had to keep the concentration Yes. just to keep flying so it was some kind of Weird. Yeah. I, anyway, so if you had, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I don't know if it is a superpower, but I would like to to have the ability to teleport to oh. anywhere. So say, because yeah, for example, I love living here, but at the same time, I miss my family, and sometimes like, okay, I would like to be here, but in a moment, say, okay, I can fly. Not fly to teleport in a second to Spain or or to Hawaii or <laughs> you want to go to I don't know China or wherever. Mm. Yeah, this or also to freeze time because yeah, sometimes well, I think most of the days <laughs> like okay, it's just it's time to go to sleep. Really, I need more time too because I want to yeah still playing soccer or I want to 
I don't know, to finish my lesson plan, <laughs> or, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to go to sleep, I I want to do something else, right. it's like, I want to freeze time, and, yeah, sometimes when I, yeah, it's time to go to bed, it's like, I don't want to sleep, <laughs> it's, it's a waste of time for me, yeah, I, I need those eight, or <laughs> five, six hours to do something, so sometimes, yeah, I would like to freeze time to, yeah, to keep, yeah, living. Okay. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. And don't forget to pick up your audio or digital copy of The Hunks I Dreamed by Neville D'Angelo. The Hunks I Dreamed, a breed beyond the hero. Enjoy. See you next week.